Well, guys, I've been excited about this series on Supernatural. I love the book of Acts, the book where we get to see uh, Jesus' church being empowered supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. That Jesus sent the Holy Spirit not just to empower the church as a whole, but to empower each individual of the church for you and I. In the last couple of weeks, we looked at some ordinary people who, who God did some supernatural stuff through um, just because they were submitted to Jesus and open to allowing God to empower them to do some amazing things. And the truth for every one of us in this room is if you want to be successful in life, if you want to be successful in following Jesus, you are going to need some supernatural empowerment. Because there are people that you're going to have to forgive in life that is going to be very difficult to forgive without the Holy Spirit empowering you to do so. You're going to need some supernatural empowerment if you want to stay faithful in your marriage for decade after decade. If you want to stay faithful in raising your kids the way that God would have you to raise them, we're going to need some supernatural power. So today, as we get into to part four of this, I'm very excited about this. I want to go ahead and, and give you my main point, this, the central take-home. The one thing I hope you take away from this today, and it's this. Worship unlocks the supernatural. Worship unlocks the supernatural. If you don't get anything else today, get this. Write it down. I hope it'll make sense to you. And I want, I want to take a look today at a couple men found in Acts chapter 16, a couple ordinary guys by the name of Paul and Silas, and see how they were in a pretty rough situation, and they, they had the Holy Spirit move on their behalf in a powerful way as a result of their worship. In fact, we, we start off, we see the setting here as Paul and Silas uh, a couple ordinary guys who were following Jesus and, and telling other people about Jesus, they were doing good things, found, uh, found themselves in prison. And don't you know, sometimes you can be doing all the right things and find yourself in the wrong circumstances? In fact, it, it can be frustrating because you'll be trying to do life right, trying, trying to live right, trying to, uh, to go to church on Sunday and read your Bible and trying to lead your kids right. You're trying to do it all right and still find yourself in very difficult circumstances. And what happens a lot of times is we'll look at ourselves when you go through difficult circumstances. If you're anything like me, and you'll go, man, am I doing something wrong? Did, did, did I mess up somewhere? Why am, I, why am I facing all this opposition right now? What is going on? And many times, it's not that you've done anything wrong. It's that you're taking ground. And, and sometimes, it's, if there's an absence of, of, uh, of opposition, many times we need to look at ourselves and see is there also an absence of growth. Because if you're growing, if you're taking ground, you're going to have opposition. And we see here Paul and Silas in, in Acts chapter 16, they're, they're in a difficult place. They're in prison because they were taking ground. They were telling other people about Jesus. And now they're in an awful situation because they're, they're facing imminent death. You might have had a bad week, but I, I doubt you were facing torture and beheading at the end of this week. And we see that that's exactly where Paul and Silas are. We pick up here, I want to just read it to you, verse 25, Acts 16. It says, about midnight, <laughs> let me pause, <laughs> about midnight, why? Sometimes when your night is at the darkest, that's when your praise needs to be at its loudest. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Don't you know that 
that most people care more about what comes out of the mouth of Christians when you're going through bad times, not just when you're going through good times. The people in your workplace, they're listening to what comes out of your mouth when you're having a bad day, not just on the good days. It says the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once and all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. Wow. You realize your praise is so powerful that people that are around you can get free. And they weren't even trying to get free, but they're free just because they were in your vicinity when you were praising God. That's why it's so powerful when we come into church and worship together because do you realize you could be standing next to a guy when you're worshiping. He doesn't even want to be in church. And all of a sudden as you're worshiping God, he feels the presence of God there and his life begins to change. It, why? Why is this happening? It says all the doors came open. Why? Just because one Christian starts praising God. See, Paul and Silas in the middle of the night praising God. It says, everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. What? Wait a minute. See, Praising God will even give you a heart for your enemies, even give you a heart for your tormentors. Because when you truly start to look at what God has forgiven you for, there's no way you can hold a grudge against someone else. When you start to take an honest look at yourself and truly see what, what Jesus forgives you for and what he's forgiven you for on a daily basis, it's really hard to hold a grudge against anybody else. And then it says, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and felt trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. Just these men worshiping God, other people got saved because they were watching these men worshiping God. This is what I see when I, when I read this passage. It, I, it makes me think, don't you think there was a pretty rough board meeting in hell as this whole thing went down? Because the last thing that Satan was expecting was for these Christians to praise God even though God hasn't done anything for them yet. Even though they're still in a really awful situation. The last, so you can just imagine the devil being like, well, excuse me? So these Christians are down there and, and we finally got them like shut up and locked in prison and they're about to die, they're being tormented and they start singing praises to God? What? See, Satan expects you to use your mouth to complain when you're in the middle of a negative circumstance. And, and, and it, it changes our circumstance when we start opening our mouths and begin worshiping God and praising him regardless of whether or not it's a good circumstance or a bad circumstance. <laughs> so the last thing the enemy expects to see is Christians praise God when you're praying for healing and you haven't received the healing yet. The last thing he expects Christians to see to do is, is to pray and praise God for financial breakthrough, and you haven't even received the financial breakthrough yet. You just got laid off your job. You're still praising him. You're still loving on him. It, this is a completely different way to look at life because we're saying, wait a minute. My God might be worthy of being praised 
even though my circumstance might look pretty bleak right now. And I wonder, are there any of you in this room that you would say you're so disappointed in some area of your life that maybe you've, you've turned to starting to complain about your situation instead of praising God for your situation? And thanking God for your situation. Thanking Him on credit. Thanking Him because you know that even though your situation looks bleak, you know it could turn around because God loves you so much He could turn around in just an instant. The Bible said suddenly there was an earthquake. In just a moment He can turn your situation around. A couple of things for you to write down today if you're taking notes. So I want to encourage you to write these, these things down. Number one, praise has to precede your preference. Your praise has to precede your preference. This means your praise to God has to come before your feelings. It has to come before what you want. And I'll tell you, for, for my generation, the generation younger than me, when you tell someone, you know, your feelings aren't as important as praising God or what you want isn't as important as praising God, that's like fighting words. It's like, it's like you're cussing at me. Hold on a minute. You might, you might as well say you have a problem with my mom. You're saying what I feel is not important? You see, what I want doesn't matter. Like, hold on just one minute. But, but we see here that in the Bible, it says Psalms 34, 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. At all times. It, it doesn't say, I will praise the Lord at all times except for when I don't feel like it. It doesn't say, I will praise the Lord at all times unless I just don't want to. <laughs> In fact, you can look all through Scripture, and there's no exceptions to this. We are told as followers of Christ to praise God at all times. See, there is a difference between following Jesus and following your emotions. Because if you get into just following your emotions, there's going to be things that you just decide you don't want to do. And sometimes you're not going to want to do the things that Jesus asks us to do. Because sometimes you're not going to want to forgive. Sometimes you're not going to want to show up and sing and show up and worship. And if you don't learn this, then what happens is you get stricken with the disease of me. And you've met people, you know people who have been stricken with the disease of me because you've heard them talk. And, and, and they say things like, well, you know, I, I just don't know if I want to go to church this weekend. I just don't feel like it. You know, I mean, I go there, and sometimes they sing songs I like, but sometimes it's not really the song I like, so I just kind of stand in the back. And can you believe, can you believe, last week I showed up, and there was someone sitting in my seat. That is my seat. I've been in that seat for years. That person, they had the gall, the nerve, the audacity. They didn't even move, and they were sitting in my seat. And then I got real upset because I had an appointment at the Applebee's after the 11 o'clock service, and I didn't even make my appointment because I'm stuck in kids' church, and there's so many kids coming out. I was late to my appointment, like, Whoa, when did praising Jesus ever become about what you want? See, dads, let me talk to you for a minute. The men in the room. See, as fathers, we have a responsibility to teach our kids things. We have a responsibility to teach them that it is a childish behavior to put your feelings or your want to in front of the things in life that are important. So we teach our kids, you got to get up and you got to go to work whether or not you feel like it. You've got to get up and do your chores whether or not you feel like it. And you might not feel like going to football practice, but you made a commitment. So you're going to go to football practice. And we teach our kids, man, it is childish to say you don't feel like doing something that you're committed to. So men, let me, let me tell you something. We have got to become more disciplined than our children. 
Because we can't come into a church and go, you know what, I, I don't feel like worshiping God today. So I'm just going to stand in the back and, and I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to sing these songs. And just they'll, they'll finish soon and then I can sit down. And wait, when did it ever become about what we want? Our worship has to proceed our preference. And see, why is it that of all humanity, it's Christians that confuse this whole praise thing, this whole worship thing the most? Because every human being praises and worships. We see it in, you go to a sporting venue. People will paint themselves orange and go and scream at the top of their lungs at a Broncos game. They will get arrested while they are praising the Broncos. Right? Or we'll go to a concert and we're like falling out on the ground singing Coldplay. You know, it was all yellow and just like we're, we're going nuts. We're losing our minds. But Christians are the only people that really should have something to praise and worship God about. Because if you find yourself in the hospital, the Broncos aren't going to show up when you're in the hospital. You're not going to find yourself in a difficult time and start singing one of your favorite Coldplay songs and then all of a sudden it's like everything. No, these are natural things and if we serve a supernatural, a powerful God who will show up for you and he deserves our praise and he deserves our worship whether or not we feel like it. So we have to understand right off the bat that, that our praise has to precede our preferences the second thing, if you're taking notes, that you should write down is we don't worship God because he forgot who he is. We worship God so we can remember who he is. Because look, You can come into church, and I, it's so funny because I, I run into people at different times, and it's, church is new to them, and they're confused, and they're thinking, like, what is all that singing about? Is this like Christian karaoke, you know? Yeah, I've seen articles written about, uh, like, from atheists and stuff who were right, saying, you know, who, who, what type of an insecure God needs to hear songs about himself? And, and it's like this totally backwards way of thinking. Oh, wait a minute. The heavens don't, don't need to be told about the heavens. God knows exactly who he is. The reason you and I sing praise and worship is because the confession that comes out of our mouth is what we are confined to in our circumstances. And when you use your mouth to complain about your business and you use your mouth to complain about your spouse and complain about your kids, then you are going to be confined to that negative circumstance there. But when you come into church and you start singing how great the Father's love for me, then it's like, wait a minute, my God really does love me. And in my circumstance, now, now it might seem a little bleak, bleak, it might look a little bad, but he loves me so much like I believe he wants to help me. I believe he wants to bring me through this. I believe he wants to save my marriage. I believe he wants to help me in leading my kids. And all of a sudden, once we begin confessing these, these words, these worship songs, out of our own, mind, it, our own mouth, it brings us right back into alignment of understanding he's number one. It's all about him. It's not about me. You know, and that's why, that's why we lift our hands in praise and worship, you know that? Like, people think Christians are like crazy for listening. Like, what is up with all those charismatic people raising their hands? Isn't that strange? I'm like, excuse me, have you ever seen yourself drunk? Like, come on for a minute. Hold on a second. You, you want to know why we, we lift our hands? It, it kind of, it goes back to the first point of going, there are certain things that 
maybe I don't feel like coming in and raising my hands today. But when I come in and say, you know what, my, my body doesn't get a say in this. My, my, my mind doesn't get a say in this. My God deserves to be worshipped, so I'm going to make my body submit and begin worshipping him whether or not I feel like it. And in this place of, of submission and, and singing to our Heavenly Father, we're confessing His power, His might, His majesty in every circumstance in our life. I want to give you two reasons to praise God. Now, there are many, many, many more than this, but, but just two reasons today. And you might think, I don't need a reason to praise God. I know why I want to praise God, but this might be something you need to save for later, because Every one of us in this room are going to go through difficult situations where maybe you're going to have to hold on to going, wait, I need to remind myself why I should praise God today. Or maybe you have a loved one who's going through difficult times and you can bring these things out. This might be something you just stick in your pocket and save it for later. I remember this last fall when my girls were getting their winter jackets out. Um, Kayla got her winter jacket out. She reached her hand in and pulled out her hand out. Go look, a Snickers. And she starts opening up like... My gosh, how old is that? She starts eating it. And this is like, it's one of those type of surprises. This might be something you just stick in your pocket, save it for later. You're going to need this someday, okay? <laughs> Two reasons to praise God. Two reasons. Number one, he has already done more for you than you think he has. He has already done more for you than you think he has. See, he is powerful and and I think what happens a lot of times is we look at our own circumstances and we're looking at the here and the now and we forget to look back and see that we have a track record with a loving God who, who just continues to pour out his love on us. And if you take a moment to just stop and look backwards, you could go, wait a minute, God really has done so much more for me than, than I've even been giving him credit for. He brought me through this situation. That situation could have put me in the ground and he brought me through and he put people around me and helped me and encouraged me and sustained me through there. And that car accident should have killed me. But man, it, my God has brought me through there too. And you can look back and start to see, I have a track, track record of the fact that God has already done so much more for me that, than I'm even giving him credit for. And those are just the things I know about. What about the car accident you didn't get into? What about the fire that didn't happen at your house? What about the affair that didn't take place in your marriage? What about all the things that God is putting his hand on and protecting you from that you haven't even stopped to think of for all the things that haven't hit you? See, Paul and Silas, had, they had the, the mental wherewithal to, to stop and praise God in prison because they were able to look back and go, wait a minute, we have a track record with our loving God where he continues to do miracles. He continues to break people out. And if this is the end of my life, he still deserves praise for everything he's done in the past. So number one, a reason to praise God is because he has already done for you more than you think that he has. And then my last point, number two, he is going to do more for you than you think he is going to do. You might say, well, where, how can you even say that? You don't know what tomorrow brings. Well, I can say it because God said it. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. He is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. 
That, that means that you might be trying to survive through a situation, and, and God's saying, what is this survival through a situation? I want to do more for you than that. I want to I break you out. So I'm here to tell some parents today that, that God wants to do more for your kids than you even imagine. God wants to do more in your marriage than you even imagine. He wants to do more in that business than you even imagine. That dream that he's put in you where you've just kind of put it off to the side and you're thinking, well, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through. He wants to do more. That's why we look into this story and we go, wait a minute. Do you think... Do you think that Paul and Silas had any idea when they started worshiping God what God was about to do? Do you think they had any idea that, wait a minute, there's going to be an earthquake and my chains are going to break off me and the doors are going to swing open and then that jailer who's been tormenting me is going to come down and fall on the ground and repent and ask Jesus into his life? Did you think any of that was something that they expected to happen? No, because your God wants to do more for you. I want to invite you, if you would, to just stand at your feet because I want to give you another opportunity to worship our great God before this service is over. We've been in this series called Supernatural. We've been talking about the fact that, man, I, I want more uh, of God's power in my life. Well, you know what? We don't just go after his power. That's all a byproduct of intimacy with him. So I want to encourage you now that we could finish this service off today and just taking a little bit of time, raising our voices and praising the God who loves you. He loves you. And someone in this room, you need to know that. You think, well, I've been trying to clean myself up because I want to be worthy of his love. No, 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 no. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He, he, he has covered your sin with his blood. And you stand before him today righteous because you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Not because you're trying to get it right. So your God who loves you deserves our voices to be lifted up and that we would praise Him. So church, can we praise Him together? Let's give Him a shout of praise today.